Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Stop Hammer Time is backed for this season by Ladbrooks. Hello and welcome to Stop Hammer Time. My name is Phil Whelans and joining me, original Stop Hammer Time member from the very first podcast we did, now not so frequent, uh, here's of course Pete Ward. Good evening. Pete, lovely to have you back. Thank you very much. I was glad to be back. Poorly spoken from me there. Uh, Also joining us, he is a leading light founder member, head honcho of Pride of Irons, also on the official supporters Board, That's correct. Which used to be the Supporters Advisory, Advisory board, Bureau. Yeah. It's Jim Dolan. Hello. Hello, Jim. Jim, okay. you carrying a knock. You, you, you had your arm in a sling. Yes. Then we went to the pub and you took it out of the sling. Yes. Then you put it back on for the walk to the podcast studio. Now you've taken it off again. Yeah, and I'll put it on again later. Put it on again later. Yeah. Yep. So you're carrying an injury? Uh, I had to have part of the inside of my shoulder joint uh, drilled off. To allow my shoulder to move more freely. Right. Um, so it's actually okay, but I wear this thing so that when I'm out and about, people don't bump into me. Rotator cuff? It is the rotator Limited yes. ligament movement during... Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what rotator cuff injuries are, aren't they? They're, the ligament goes over the, the bone. Yeah, I had it? a bone spur inside the joint, so when right. the rotator cuff moved, the supraspinatus tendon got in... What was it? Impinged? Mm. Yes, mm. yes. Mm. Well, Impingement, yes, yeah. yeah. I uh, have um, uh, that sort of rotator cuff thing in both shoulders. Oh, lovely. Yeah, yeah. The surgery's very yeah. easy and quick. I'd recommend oh, I, it. No, I don't. Was well, that what I some Jack Wilshere and Winston Reid and Carlos Sanchez are suffering They probably had it at some Jack, point, and if not, they'll have it next week. Jack Wilshere's ankle suffered rust and metal fatigue. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Eventually. Um, it suffered the kind of injury that uh, they say happened to one of the holds of the Titanic that caused it to split after it hit an iceberg. Uh, the, the, the rivets uh, uh, holding one of the holes together were simply not strong enough um, because the Irish are terrible shipbuilders. And um, uh, they're not. They're, I'm, I'm kidding, of course. <laughs> joking about that. Irish people listening to this podcast, 
you are fine shipbuilders, and uh, you would have a ship industry now if it were not. It wasn't for the backstop. If it wasn't for the backstop, exactly. And the hard border. The hard border. <laughs> Uh, so, also joining us, and we're very pleased about this, because the subject came up a couple of weeks ago in one of these podcasts about um, live match day, dis- in, in-game in descriptions of football matches, and someone who does that is now with us on this. It's like manifesto, we made this happen. We made it happen. <laughs> it was the last time I was on the podcast. We, yes, exactly. We summoned, we summoned him up. Yeah. He is James Datson. Hello, good Hello, evening. James. Good so evening. I, Thank you for the invite. Very I, I'm hoping that you provide a commentary for the deaf during this podcast. Uh, a series of drawings that are posted up in real time. Having, on having only just met you all and sort of seen the humour already, I'm about to get my <laughs> that's pencil very, out. That's very generous. I'm about <laughs> to get my pencil out. So, but no, it's very kind of you to invite me and I'm looking forward to He can come to back. He can definitely come back. <laughs> to, describe, to, to describe this as humour is some of the greatest <laughs> kindness. This is kind kinder than Mother Teresa. This is very kind. So we're very excited to hear all about that. Um, uh, why don't we just get out of the way the travesty we all watched at the oh. weekend? Um, we have only played once since last week's podcast, and we, uh, we, uh, the Hams took on the Toffees at the weekend and uh, came up very short. Uh, it was only two goals, but um, we were Boring. second best pretty much the whole yeah. game. I mean, they, they really controlled... The whole ninety minutes of the game, didn't they? Which you don't often see. Teams have a spell. You say that, but it wasn't. If, if they controlled the whole game, it, it's a weird description because to me that sense that I would have been frustrated, but it wasn't. I was just bored. Yes, it yes, was boring. It was yes. Very, very dull. They wanted it. Yes, absolutely. And I mean, that's the and, the kind uh, of armchair, the the lazy armchair football pundits. Mm shorthand they wanted it more than we did absolutely applies to this they I were, think also 2-0 was very generous it was oh, yeah. Yeah, as much yeah. as, as much as we're saying like, and I agree you know there was moments in the game even doing commentary that I was struggling mm, to mm. try and you know put the colour put the flavour into the game for mm, the listeners mm. who obviously are even in a some would say a worse position than what we are because they actually yeah. couldn't see it so they can yes. only feel what's going position? on <laughs> and, <it's, laughs> and it is really hard work and I just think 2-0 if you weren't at the game mm-hmm. you'd think it was probably a close the game than what it was but it was quite frankly yes it was very one-sided you know one-sided very no energy no nothing starting 11 was interesting yeah we picked the slowest possible starting 11 it was it was a you know the three the last three home games have been wildly varied Mm. haven't they the the Newcastle game which admittedly we we I mean it's almost a mirror image of the game of the weekend we we did only win it with kind of a penalty and I think the other one might have been like a set piece of some kind like a corner or, or a free kick but we were the better team in that game and yeah. in fact in that match you sort of thought wow this is Pellegrini's vision you know mm. this we this is um this is sort of like tick attack of football. This really looks like it's the a team kind of football you're like salivating over, isn't it? Yeah. And you're watching it and they're watching the slick passing, the movement. Yeah. The, they just seem like they're enjoying themselves. And I know that's a cliche. And I was just thinking, what? Who is this team? And yes. then you realise actually there's three South Americans up yeah, front yeah. who are just doing what they do. Yes. Yeah. And that's, yes. that's the frustration from Saturday is that before we finally seen a team that can play. We've waited a long time for it. We get it, and then we come on Saturday and it's all changed again. And I yeah. think that's the problem. We haven't had that consistency and you're always doubtful mm. who's going to start, yes. who's not. And before that Saturday game, not, I, I didn't expect that starting 11. Well, it was no, a, it, it was I think that was a, yeah, it was a terrible error. There was a, Pellegrini's fault and he hasn't really admitted to that. Well, but I wonder what choosing, I mean. I, choosing Perez um, and um, 
Obiang and Snodgrass. I'm leaving well, Noble, yeah. Antonio and Hernandez on the bench. Well, I bizarre. mean, I, yeah, but let's, uh, there are, I mean, I think there are circumstances, aren't there? Anderson was in, apparently he's injured. Yeah, I think it's I like an, ankle, an ankle knock or something. Um, Noble was out for a reason. It was some, some kind of personal reason. Someone said his nan died or something, but that, that, that's been... Maybe he's still there. I know. I think that's it's, the, it's, again, it's again that's the problem, is yeah. that... I'd rather him, and you know, if that's the case, you know, condolences and that, but mm-hmm. don't be on the bench. Yeah, because no, it's the, the, it strange. The sort of yeah, fifty or thousand that are there yeah. Yeah. won't know that. No, it's and very when you strange, see the starting, yeah. and then you see the bench, it's your. It's mm-hmm. like you know, why would we have Antonio Noble? on the bench yes and start with the others it, well, the, it felt like too many I mean it felt like too many changes it felt like there wasn't mm. enough a kind of spine in the team it was a huge reinvention of the team but um, uh, yeah it was confusing wasn't it it was a very very odd lineup. Um, if it was 4-4-2 which it did seem to be you were sort of saying well, we don't really have any wingers but the one player we have that's closest to a winger is Antonio. Mm. Well, I'd argue him and Masuaku, and I was confused. They were both on the bench, and against a team that plays with so much pace... You know, we're put on, putting on Snodgrass, who, who I think is you know, great yeah, on his day. Yeah, but yeah, and, I mean, one, one player that was missing was Fredericks, and yeah. I don't know what's wrong with him. No, he wasn't had, even no, on the bench. he had some knock. But right, I mean, yeah. I think the travesty is Perez. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just no effort. Was, didn't, he didn't even jump, attempt to jump. There was yeah. a point where, where Rice had picked up the ball in her own half, ran past God knows how many people, laid it off to him, he immediately lost it, mm. and then just sat there. And then Rice ended up having to chase to try and get it back again. Yeah, Rice was really pissed off for the rest of the players on Saturday. Perez just didn't seem to know what he was doing at all. Where he was playing and how he... And that's the problem. He couldn't link anything. He he was moving, but to where, I didn't know. Mm. And I was watching him very closely because I think the moment you see him in the starting eleven, you panic. Mm. Because you wonder, like, what has he done to even merit a starting place? Or well, what's wrong with the other players? You know, that and he's what been is selected? that issue? Well, with we the don't others. have many strikers. I mean, when he came off the bench, I can't remember that game where he, who we were playing when he came off the bench and scored twice. So, it was Cardiff, know. wasn't it? Was, it? was it Cardiff? Yeah. Well, like, uh, it was when he came off the bench, though, so, where he's never, oh my God. Yeah, and yeah. And he immediately he scored twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so <laughs> I, I had mean, that in commentary. I did question it. Yeah. And then he's, I had to backtrack yeah. pretty quick. <laughs> he's not, I mean, you know, he's, I mean, he's not completely inept. I don't think, I mean, you know, I think he can sort of play. But, um, we do, I mean, we don't really have anyone else. I mean, we're, we're really woefully short on strikers. I mean, it, it, it was sort of interesting. If, if my thought process had been, first of all, the players that are unavailable, then I had settled on the lineup of 4-4-2. Well, I mean, Pellegrini doesn't know this, possibly, but someone could tell him that there started to be quite a good relationship between Arnautovic and Lanzini up front yeah. together, yeah. the sort of 4-2 demolition or 4-1 yeah. demolition of uh, Huddersfield last season. I would have sort of gone with... Uh, four across cross midfield and Lanzini and yeah. Arnautovic out front with Lanzini as a sort of as possible two, as slightly three. behind yeah. him yeah. in the kind of more creative McAvenny role uh, or, you know, or possibly the other way around. Um, you know, because those also have very different talents. It's sort of, yeah. you know, uh, it's more like a kind of uh, McAvenny-Cotty sort of pairing. Um, so it did seem... Uh, it was, seemed an odd selection. It feels like Pellegrini does have a kind of mentality which is laudable in a lot of ways, which is, of my squad, if I put 11 of them out on the pitch, I will trust that they'll do a good job. Yeah, you know, he that 11, said that before. That 11 he sent out against Manchester City that got the 
mm. you know, narrow, de- narrow, narrow defeat, narrow defeat only yeah, yeah. because of a, very you know, soft a penalty, very, very it? soft penalty. Mm. Did a very good job, you mm. know. And um, I think you can see that. I think the players do buy into Pellegrini and I think they do trust him and he trusts them. And it is sort of hard when you want to try and give players another chance or a chance yeah. to play the same way as if they were any member in that squad. And also to add to the equation from Saturday, which frustrated a lot of people, prior to the kickoff, I was talking to some of the listeners that I see before the game, and they were all keen, like, this is an opportunity again. And we then again, afterwards, are talking about another missed opportunity mm-hmm. to sort of stay, get to seventh, albeit it could change, but we're then in the points. Yeah. We could end up as low as 12, 13 oh, the way we play, with the fixtures coming up. Well, it's just... I mean, we went into that match with seven games to play, mm. four of them away against teams above us and three of them at home to teams below us. Mm. So those are the games that you're counting on sort of, you know, doing something. In. And that, we lost it, but didn't put in a performance either. And, and you know... And that's the West, the West Ham fans over the years. We've all been there. We've all seen it. We don't mind the result. We're used to losing mm-hmm. games, but it's the performance that is the oh, key. Yeah, always. Whatever happens, and like, that is what West Ham, and that's what I've grown up on, mm-hmm. in knowing that I'm going to see a good game of football and the West Ham team that's going to play are going to put the effort in. And but I it, questioned one or two of them over the last few games. Yeah. And Saturday was more than one or two. It was a lot of players missing, wasn't it? I yeah. mean, for me, for, you know, for, to have Sa- uh, Nasri and Anderson missing yes, and yeah. also have Fredericks missing. Which is probably why it's the opposite of that, that Newcastle fixture because those, yeah. those players All who made played. it happen yeah, yeah. weren't available. Yeah. Key players that weren't there. No, yeah. I, was, I was hoping it'd be Nasri, Lanzini and Anderson and Arnautovic up front. Absolutely. And, uh, that, and, that and, I mean, you know, the... Mm. Just what a difference a week makes. So suddenly, these you know, four players have all got knocks in the yeah. week without having actually played, seemingly played a game of football. You know, Fredericks, Nazari, Anderson, all out. Uh, three, Six three out. Um, someone else. But uh, yes, it was. I mean, it, you know, obviously those are mitigating circumstances. But the players that did turn out, it was disappointing. Wasn't and in the, it? in mean, the pub, people were saying like we were lucky it was only two. And I think yeah. that. It goes to show that in a 2-0 loss, our standout performer was probably our defensive midfielder and, and, and stopped Fabianski, it being Fabianski more. made two or yes. three good saves yeah, in the first half and you need that and you get that from him and as you say, it could, be, could have been four or five. They were, they, they were sort of bad performances across the pitch, weren't there? I mean, I think, you know, Zabaleta... He, that oh. was not a good game for him, was no. it? I think he did struggle a bit, but it's... But, but, you know, Fredericks is really coming through now and it's, it was slightly sad not to see him yeah, there. Yeah. I think post-injury Fredericks, and we've said this before on the podcast, is like a different man. He's mm. really good. Yeah. <laughs> he's quick. He's very mobile. Um, you know, he's, he's started to look really like the real article now. And uh, But there he was missing and Zabaleta, you know, they are pacey. Evidently. They are. And I thought Creswell had a really <coughs> poor, poor game as well at the back. He didn't get forward at all. And you expect him to sort of lead that charge down the left wing. And he yeah. was just stuck at the back. A lot of people criticised Diop. I mean, I think he was at fault with the first goal. I, haven't, I didn't come bear to watch Match of the Day after Saturday. Mm. But, I, didn't, I mean, I didn't see Diop make many other mistakes. No, not um, really. And Rice was you know, eight or nine out of ten. What do we make of Arnautovic, though? Cause he got, was, did he get booed well, off or was it the did, choice to I, take Do you know, that is food. really annoying. And yeah. I don't know why people are doing it because you're just going to alienate him more and more and more. And actually, he did try it. He did, I, and he that, put a lot of effort in. Yeah, and he did bluff a good shot yeah, opportunity. Yeah, the wrong for sure. Because <laughs> he was slipping all over. Place, yeah. But he was definitely trying. He was trying to get onto the end of the ball. He was trying to I'm very sort of in a... Catch 22 with him because he's the type of player that is a confidence player. 
We know that. And if he doesn't want it, he does go missing. Yeah. But I also get frustrated when fans will boo. And yeah. it oh, was yeah. interesting in the previous game when he came off because we weren't too sure if they were booing him or I can't think who was coming on. But Saturday, it was definitely more booing of yeah, him. Yeah. And I just feel that some West Ham fans are too quick to do that. Absolutely. And a player of him, he's going to get, you know, the ump. He's not going to like, how do we expect him then to come out the next game? Yes. I mean, just play? just anybody, it's like, you know, th- who thinks that booing someone will make them play better is yeah. kind of insane. And he had, just, that, he had that one we still need actually. Him. We still on... need him. That's the, yeah, that's yeah. The problem. Yes, we, we do. still need him. And like the, very you know, sure. when you say with this Nasri Anderson, Lanzini and him, yeah, any team would love that for. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. You know, he had a chance on the Saturday, didn't he? There was one that was like, I can't remember who passed it forward, but it basically came in from our half. He kind of latched onto it and just shot towards goal yeah. when the keeper got down. He didn't quite get hold of the ball hard enough to do No, just but I mean, he was definitely trying. Was. To Something make strange happened trying. in the second half because he started to uh, become sort of very deep. He started to go very deep. Well, he came back and made a load of defensive, horrible defensive I don't know if it had gone to a kind of 4-5-1 in the second half with sort of uh, Hernandez up front and that Arnautovic was now being asked to sort of play kind of on the left wing. But there was, you know, there was that strange thing where he miscontrolled it and gave them a corner on our... You know, he was so deep trying to, and yeah, it, just ended yeah. up, it was a corner to them. And you're sort of, and that's the problem I have is that I'd rather, in that stage in that game, I'd rather not go too defensively, expect him to be all the no. way back doing that. No, no, I'd absolutely. rather at 2 0 down, go for it. Yeah, you know, I'd rather have yeah. Everton got yeah, three yeah. or four, but at least yes. we're trying to get one back to get the yeah. crowd going, yes, to yes. get the team going again. But then when you look at it, as you say, 20 minutes into the second half, we're looking as if we're like. Defending yes. drastically, we got worse. Andy and Carroll, everyone's isn't he? coming back. The sort of yes, we got worse in the second half, didn't we? It was it was the, the substitutions didn't improve us at all. No, and they were progressive. I mean, all yeah. of Pellegrini's substitutions generally are very progressive. Yes, they but they were not. It didn't work. But the, it was just the you know the, the the quality of players and the formation didn't really hurt them. Dian Garner feels like he's a good substitution if you're on top. Yeah, add a bit yeah. of pace and energy, but he's he doesn't have the guile and the yeah. chops to change a game he, he just shocking, basically joined yeah. it he had a shocking 20 minutes yeah he doesn't he sometimes doesn't have the control of the ball no, in a game no. like that you're right he can only if he comes on he's got to come on when West Ham on top because mm-hmm. then he plays better he's free and yeah. he can afford to lose the ball occasionally and not yep. yeah. but when you're coming on in that situation he's not got the experience you know I want yeah. to see him stay with us I want him to develop yeah. but in that game time you can't run the risk of him trying to do a trick or two and trying to beat the player Mm-mm. and then lose possession and he's well out of position then. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. He puts more pressure and I think that's why the back forward didn't stay back so much. Yes. Because we had too many sort of players that were too sort of like gun-ho and yeah. trying to get sort of things going but it wasn't working. It was I mean, talking working. about that sort of, you know, like the player's motivation like kind of Arnautovic, uh, you know, whether, whether they, you know, in quotes, want it or don't want it. I mean, I, I'm... It, you know, Jim, I know Jim's the same. Jim Grant, it sort of feels that that, that sort of, sometimes that notion that they're not playing for the manager is on the whole inaccurate. You know, what happens sometimes is like what happens with Solskjaer is that there's a kind of new manager bounce. There's yeah. a sort of fresh slate. Mm. But, uh, but, but, you know, because we actually had three, want, you know, nominally want-away players in that opening lineup: Perez, Obiang, and yeah. Arnautovic. And um, 
I'm not entirely sure that footballers kind of... I, I can't see a psychology that goes, I don't really like this situation that I'm playing in. Uh, I'm going to come out and I'm going to play badly uh, because that'll show them. No, no one wants no, to be booed. No, no. no footballer wants to be booed. Footballers, uh, you know, if you're out on a pitch in the freezing cold for 90 minutes, you might as well try, you know. I think there are times when they don't. You know, De Canio off and away from home seemed less interested than he was in front of the Upton Park crowd. Paye, when he lost interest, yes, clearly he sort of lost interest. But then, you know, he absolutely did sort of want away. But even, you know, Paye, with his lack of interest, scored that long, mazy goal against Middlesbrough. Uh, Middlesbrough. Yeah. You know, still they still kind of turn up, still play. So I'm not entirely sure that that's true, that players simply decide to go missing, decide to play badly. There was a sort of malaise that seemed to go across all 11 on Saturday practice. I do, I do like uh, Pellegrini's half-time substitutions when he does it. When things aren't going well, he'll make two changes. Yeah, He'll hook players. And we've had managers in the past that don't do anything. No, or the only change of the guy 60 minutes special. Is, it is yeah. refreshing. Yeah, let's keep it down mm-hmm. to two now. Because I think we all would have thought on Saturday at half time, wherever you were, and we, myself and Michael, the co commentator with me, we do a little bit at half time, we try and predict. And with Pellegrini, we're always sometimes predicting that he'll probably make a change. Mm-hmm. You know, we both said he'll probably bring two players on and take two off. Whereas mm-hmm. in the previous managers, you could be waiting to 60 minutes and beyond, yeah. beyond. to get any And you've got a like for like as well. And, yeah, and yeah. it's like there's no change to it. And that's what I think is good. But it's interesting, the point about players, I would like to imagine that it's their job. You know? Yes, so, that's so right, yeah. You don't, you know, players, you know, you've got Mark Noble that's been with the club for years and years and will stay at the club. But then you've got other players that want to move on or they do move on. They have their reputation. You know, and you've got to sort of maintain that. Yeah, that's and for right. a player, for me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would hate it if a player would, I felt, was playing for my club, West Ham, and was coming on that pitch, and I would think they wouldn't play or do their best. Yeah, yeah. And irrespective of whether I know at the end of the season their contracts that they're going to go, or even if my own personal view is I want them to go, I would still expect them to maintain to their and professionalism play. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. play. Yeah. The problem, as you said, is that we have eleven players there on Saturday that felt as if they didn't want to be there and it was like, there was it was too many. Yeah. It was too many. And I, mean, I, I, and I do worry for the remaining games. I didn't see the Cardiff game, but, I didn't see the Cardiff game, but that was, by all accounts, a very poor performance from us. Mm. And what, what was notable at the Huddersfield performance, which of course we won, was, was, was in the first half, uh, we, we were playing very nicely, mm. but at about two-thirds of the tempo we'd been playing uh, against Newcastle. You know, it was yeah. like... Huddersfield, we were close We're treating to. it like a training we were, yeah. game. And we're yeah. hanging... You know, 20 minutes into it, I said, you know, I think we must have like 90% possession in this game or something. But we was kind of not doing anything with it. And it became frustrating. And then, you know, we, we, we came strong in the last part of the game and won it 4-3. But, um, you know, this Saturday had... Every iteration of badness. We, yep. we didn't have any tempo and uh, it was very disjointed and we kind of couldn't stick three passes together. It was back to... It felt a bit like, oh God, and another thing. We every banged it one. long quite a lot in the, yeah, first, the first half. half. Yeah. It, it was, was like a bit like an Allardyce performance. And every, yeah. every yeah. second ball fell to them because they, yeah. like you say, that, they, they wanted it more. They yeah. wanted it more. And I think also the point is, is that they scored early again mm-hmm. and again it came from a corner. We can't seem to defend anything at the moment. No, as much as uh, Diob and Ogbonna are playing okay, but there just seems to be others need to take responsibility. Yeah. 
and they don't. And a lot of the goals, because even they go back to the Huddersfield game, they scored from a corner. It's, it's very defensively, we're very poor at the moment. Mm, mm. And I think to concede so early against Everton, it set the tone. Yeah. And then I think that you yeah. then get that sort of like mentality of like, we're just trying to go long again, or we're trying to sort of, everything was not going, falling for West Ham. It was all the you know decisions were going for Everton. The second mm. ball was always falling to them. They had a lot of pace in the midfield. They were like, you know, they were controlling it, but West Ham was struggling to get into control and we're playing at home. Yeah. And yet we've done the same thing. Very again, strange. The, the long ball thing was crazy though. Mm. I mean, I've never seen, you know, but it, but it, you wonder whether those are instructions or whether the players are just doing I, it. Because I don't think uh, Fabianski, Fabianski think... drop kicked it yeah. pretty much every time he got it. Whereas I think most other bit... games he rolls it out. He's playing from the back. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's an instruction. I think that's all he could see that was on. Yeah, that's because right. Because yeah, in yeah. the second half, all, every ball was rolled out. Yeah, yeah. And that is the way we play generally under Pellegrini. Is we build from, we're trying to play like everybody else at the top of the table. We try and build from the back yeah. and attack with a lot of small... Uh, very versatile, fast-moving forwards. Yeah, so nothing was... modelling yeah, our yeah, team yeah. On, on, on the successful models that you see across Europe with the yeah, top, top teams. Yeah, yeah. So we're not there. I mean, I'd say the thing is you need to take a bit of a step back now. I mean, we've got six or seven games away from the end of the season and what, what, there has been the most enormous step forward in most ways. We're, we're in a lot better shape than we have been since we moved to that stadium on yeah. the last couple of seasons. This feels like the first season there, really. It certainly does, but certainly with the atmosphere. But with Pellegrini's, Pellegrini is a top, class manager I wasn't sure when they first brought him in but you can see with what he's trying to do he's going to take him a couple of summers transfer windows to really get us into shape and to retain really key players like Anderson and Rice but that's yeah. that, going to be again, very again, very again, very important not to sell those players for they, silly they can't, money they can't sell them you players the and they've got to keep can't replace that them. spine of the team but also with the six games remaining if we do what we did more or less at the start of the season and lose four or five of them, yeah. he's got to have a good load of money to buy some two or three yeah. players yeah. to keep the ones we've got to show that there's progression. To not do another pie in, not reinvest yeah. and yeah. then and, lose. And, and then yeah. you start losing people in January of next year because they're fed up because nothing's changed. They want to try and stick with it, but they won't. There's no investment. And we then do what West Ham do is just have one or two good seasons and then have two or three bad. And, then, mm. and, and I just think we're in, a, we're in such a better position. We've been the third season at the new stadium. Everyone seems more or less happy, the fans, but mm. sort of the yeah, stadium you know, the and things like that. And it's year. so different. Yeah. You think of last year, the Burnley game at home last year, when yeah. there was fans trying to get to the chairman, trying to mm -hmm. do this, people running on the pitch, grabbing corner Also, flags. I think they've learned as well, haven't it's... they, the chairman? Because you don't hear as much at all from them no, as no. you used to. They've learned to... Keep, you know, them, keep, keep the mouth shut and, and, and let the business on, on the Twitter. Yeah. Don't sort of, you know, yeah. adjust, and just keep it. And this is the biggest thing for me. And we said before the Everton game, we worked it out seven games, 21 mm. points. I said we'd be lucky to get four because I was thinking one home, one draw, one defeat mm -hmm. at home. Mm -hmm. Four away, you know, you go to Chelsea, Man United, Tottenham, and then Watford last game. Yeah, I you think know, we might get more points than that. But then, I, 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 we I might hope raise we our do, game to typical but it West could Ham, be, right? it could be a, That's the only saving grace that I said, was that it would be typical West Ham to go to Chelsea to get a draw, go to mm -hmm. Tottenham and let's hope we beat Tottenham in their new mm -hmm. stadium. Yeah. And we're picking up these points, you know, and we get Leicester oh. and Southampton. When you look at what goes on in that middle table, you know, between, uh, who's top, is it? between Wolves and us, mm. 
they all have this terrible inconsistency. We all yeah. suffer from this terrible inconsistency and yeah. can't push on to break yeah. through to the top six. Wolves, Wolves, Watford, Leicester, us, have all had chances to get away yeah. from that little group yeah. Yeah. and be closer to Man United who are on this good run. You know, and probably not to get in the top six, but to be closer yeah. to their six than they are to be in 11th or 12th. There's still an opportunity to get, to, not... get into Europe this season, right? I presume, with the another, I presume yeah. and, and there's going to be another place on offer, I would imagine, but... It's still mathematically possible. And you've got to think... I was thinking the last like time Pellegrini. we did that. We did yeah, that. I know, was, the last two very, times we did that. It was very sort of... Uh, <laughs> I remember sort of, you know... But, but a manager like Pellegrini should be saying to the team, look, oh. you, you've got this opportunity still. Go and, go and take it. You know, you say well, the players want to want to see investment in the squad. They want to see ambition. Well, they need to show some ambition and, and show that the club's worthy of competing at a higher level, competing in European competition. Let's take a break. We'll be back after this message. Stop Hammer Time is backed for this season by Ladbrooks. Download the Ladbrooks app and play one, two, free. A free game where you have to predict three correct Premier League scores. Get all three right and win £100. Get just one right and get a free £2 bet and two correct for a free £5 bet. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back. In terms of strengthening for next season, it's very worrying that Nasri seems to kind of play for a portion of a game and then go missing again. We hadn't played for a year at least before we came Yeah, it's tough, isn't it? But it it is... You know, I, I was I was all for taking the risk on Wilshire sort of in the summer and I'm sort of, oh, it feels like maybe it's just not going to happen I, for him and he'll I sort think, of take the money and retire I think there's going to be, the injured players, uh, Reed, Sanchez, uh, Carroll, obviously, and Wilshire will all go. Yeah, they'll, they'll yeah. find a way to get rid of all of them because we can't carry, you can't carry four players. We can't take them not, in. Not just the transfer, it's the, it's the wages. Yes, you, absolutely. Their collective yeah, yeah. wages are probably in the region of four hundred grand a week. Yeah. So if you were able to think about the four, three or four players you could sign, yeah. yes, top players, absolutely. top players, or potentially yeah. one top player. Well, I've well, heard that we've got a thirty million quid plus whatever we get for, from sales. That's yeah. I mean, I know it's only rumor, but a lot of rumors tend to be mm. quite true nowadays. Mm. I mean, that's enough to buy what two, three decent players. Yep. Yeah. And that's the worry that we were saying earlier about what will they invest. And they need to probably get rid of them players they definitely before do. they even consider yeah. investing in one or two yeah. key players that would make that difference. And I think West Ham fans will be fed up if the likes of Wiltshire hasn't worked for us. Carroll is Carroll. It's finished, isn't it? That's you know, finished. It's, that's it's over. They're not going to renew no, that. No, no. He's gone. And a few of the others, they need to just go. And then West Ham can then invest. Yeah, you need to be non-sentimental and go, right, you know, Antonio, um, Snodgrass, players like that, Obiang. You know, it's sort of, they've got to sort of go for the club to move on to the level. Because I I don't want to be in a position this time next year where we haven't had a good season, we're battling down the bottom and then everything goes. Yeah, Rice is off. You know, as much as we're saying the new stage, like we're there now and everyone, but it only takes... Another season yeah. of it not progressing, mm, mm. and we're all sort of back to like, oh, this is a long walk from the station. Oh, I can't get this. I can't get that. And it's back yeah, to square absolutely. One. I, um, saw, I wouldn't sell Antonio. I wouldn't get rid of him under any circumstances. I think he's had a great season for us, and I think he's a really uh, excellent squad player and starter. And I'd keep Snodgrass as well. 
Snuggler, well, there you are. I mean, that is slightly yeah. is sentimental. That is kind yeah. of sentimentality in a way. I mean, that is hard I mean, because you're seeing them every week. It's like there are just players at other but we clubs won't replace that might them. be Th- better Those than are two players that I absolutely love. I think mm. they're not they're not necessarily for their, for their play, but I think they're, they're great they're genuine, characters. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're like hard work. This is what I mean by non-sentimentality. I think if you if you want to push on, you've got to say, if we've got these 15, 20 million pound players, we need to get rid of those kind of players and bring in 30, 40 million pound players. Mm. But I think you just, you want to get rid of the Crocs first. And oh yeah. The yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, then go, maybe, maybe we don't need such a big clear out. I'd be very nervous about huge clear out, another eight players coming, eight going out. And then we buy a couple of duff ones. Yeah. Perez is, will want to go as well. Don't forget. Yes. I think, I think apart from, apart from the sort of ones that are injured, like the Wiltshire's and Carroll's gone and maybe Nazare may go, you know, you've got people like, Obiang, I think he would go. Perez will go. And I think that could be then, could save the likes of Snodgrass and Antonio. Mm. Who I think, like, Snodgrass has been such a surprise for me. Yeah, it's been a We got got rid of him to, like, Aston Villa. And, like, you sort of think to yourself, like, you know, he's come back. Obviously, it wasn't working under the manager previous. And the best thing is him as well. He's come back after the man, not just the manager, but the owner... Slagging oh, him off, yeah. another, and he still example. came back. And instead of like being a strop about it, yeah. you know, he sort just of pulled his socks up yeah. and gone with it. Just gone and with don't it. forget, we have got Yarmolenko to come back. Oh yes, yeah. he was fantastic. He was, he was just he getting was into that stage of oh, like yeah, yeah. being a West Ham. Like everyone could see yeah. the reason. Oh, this is why we spent this yeah. money. Yeah, yeah. This is, and then all of a sudden. And it'd be interesting if he comes back, how he comes back. Yeah, we were just moving into the sort of territory. And and, uh, let's talk about Insightful Lions maybe after this, about the kind of uh, the mood of fans if we don't sort of strengthen in the next season. Um, Obviously, being part of the uh, official supporters uh, board, Jim, what's, what's been happening lately? Beer that fills from the bottom. Beer glasses that fill from the bottom. Well, let's let's get the... You were at the ground today, Jim. Today, didn't you say no, today? yesterday? Oh, yesterday. 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 I was yesterday. there yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, on yeah, on Pride of Wines business. Um, yeah, um, there's there's lots going on. I mean, first thing to acknowledge is you know I think there's been a lot said about the ticket prices, and you know the club have admitted they didn't consult us on that um, before putting them up. Not that we would have been able to influence them and tell them what they should be charging, but we weren't consulted. No. Um, we did have a lot of... I was out in India at the time on a business, but um, the chairman, David, had a lot of meetings with the club and said, look, this is ridiculous. You brought us in to do this job and then you go and completely blindside us. Yeah. So they've admitted in future that's something they need to do. We've helped get the date pushed back for the renewals. That's, yeah. only, for so, the, that's only for if you pay all up front. Because so I had a phone call today. Did you? From the club saying, are you going to renew your tickets? I said, yeah. And he said, when do you want to do that today? I said, no, when's the deadline? May the 17th. I'll do it a few days before then, I said. No, the 31st, he said, was if you want to pay all up front, if you want to pay on a plan, spread payments, you have to do it by the 17th. Oh, but that wouldn't be down to the club, though, the finances by a third party. I found it interesting they're chasing people at this stage. I reckon the the take-up for the renewals has been Well, they said that last year, but last year there was a 92% renewal rate. And that was during all the the Burnley business Mm. and all Mm. that. Yeah, I just wonder if they're not... People aren't jumping to renewal. I mean, we know we've got two months or something. Yeah, weeks. having spoken yeah. to one of the guys yesterday who used to run ticketing, now he does um, retail. He said that you it, typically most people do leave it to the last minute. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're probably Why chasing people to stop the, the yeah. portals and stuff crashing. I imagine that's mm. more likely yeah. the reason, but we'll mm. see. No, but, um, they're on a commission. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> so we did, we did we did get the, the date pushed back for that, but uh, you know. 
there's nothing we could have done about the no. rest of it. We weren't consulted, but we've been pushing on with the um, catering stuff. Um, so we took a load of questions in from people <clears throat> asking what you want to see change. Most of it was stop charging £5.15 for a pint oh. and charge £5 because yeah. getting the change is a pain in the arse and all the rest of yeah. it. Um, and they, the caterers have said they're going to try it because our argument is you'll make more money because you'll sell more beer. Yeah. Um, so they're going to try it, I think, the last game of the season, uh, possibly, is they're going to give it a go. Um, but they've started to look at these you know, these pint glasses that fill from the bottom, take seven seconds to fill up, and they're trialling that around the game, the, the stadium at the moment. They're trialling two pint glasses, which I'm not oh, sure I heard about I it on Saturday. I saw I'll, show, I'll show saw, you a picture saw, afterwards. Saw, I've got... Uh, yeah. Some people were sort of walking yeah, yeah. around with these. Yeah. And I kept on looking at it. That's quite a large yeah. sort it's of... It's like they're carrying, pint, carrying a bin. It's like, yeah, it I is thought, yeah. so big. I thought I put my glasses on yeah. without noticing I put yeah. my glasses on. Um, there's, some, there's some small things there. That, you know, people say, you know, oh, you're not tackling the big issues. <clears throat> but at the end of the day, if people ask us questions, we're going to take them back. And yeah. one of them was, you know, they stopped doing draft cider, so they brought that back now. Uh, that'll, um, be good. that'll be good. Yeah, <laughs> there, there needs to be more stuff in the... Um, uh, God, which block is it? 114, I think. Basically, that's where the away fans are. 114. 114. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there's hardly anything there, right? right. That's what I'm being told. Right. Um, so okay. they're going to try and build a fan zone outside there, like on the East End. So there's more yeah. more options for people. Yeah, oh, I yeah. see. That's on the other side, is it? The fan zone is interesting, I think. Coming out of the city. When we yeah. came out of the Newcastle game, we were suddenly confronted with a rock band. It's yeah. built in out numbers. And I thought, this is fantastic. Well, if you walk around the other side, there's some, some guy in his own... It's like a little mobile karaoke unit. Although no one else is allowed to sing. It's just him crooning like <laughs> yeah. Sweet Caroline yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. But it's absolutely brilliant because it you're not West Ham fans are like. They're no, all singing and also along. we came out of the ground and we were, well, me and my daughter, we wanted to get something to eat. And then we just stopped on the concourse and yeah. met, met Jackie and Colin Milne. And that was really, actually, for the first time, we thought, actually, rather than belt, try and push through the crowd the wrong way, because we yes. have to go all the way around this the is, ground. This is what we've been saying. You, you want to go to that German model. Yeah. Yes, come outside and have a little drink and take it easy. Don't rush to the station. And it feels like a really good mm. atmosphere. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it, it's, um, you know, it, it benefits everyone. It's like people that like beer uh, can hang around and buy oh, and it. Some. And it's yeah. cheaper. But also, yeah. yeah. But also um, cheaper than... What, before? That's... Uh, before and after the game. Right. It's, I think it's £4.60. Oh, right. Oh. Yeah. oh, that's interesting. Uh, but, you know, it also, you know, relieves transport congestion if people kind of you know hang around for a bit and then you know catch us we have to walk anti-clockwise out of the stadium from block e to get all the way around to hackney wick and we're just going against this traffic all Mm -hmm. the way Mm -hmm. trying to get to stratford and it's just really uh, annoying you know and we'd be better off coming out the ground waiting 15 minutes having something to eat maybe a drink and have a chat and meet people that we know Mm. then all trying to push through this course, sort of yeah. like throng. You know. well, I, th- I thought I was being really clever saying to the guys at the club, listen guys, you, know, you could do a lot to fix this um, stop-go problem if you just had the bars open after the game. And they said, we do. So well, you need to tell people then. Yeah. So one of the things yeah. that so we've, no, we've yeah, done no is just improve communication. Yeah. Now every game there's a text that goes to everyone before the game saying, don't forget early bird and, and late deals and all the rest of it. They've created catering maps you can find out which bars are where, which food stalls are where, gluten-free, halal, right. all that kind of stuff. Mm. So a lot of it is already being done, but people just don't know about it. It's just getting no, out there and telling them. Yeah. Tell and it's them. the same with a lot of the disability stuff. You know, yeah. like there used to be four, They started off with four buses picking up disabled fans from the train station per match. Now there's 18. That's and, extraordinary. And, and they've got cards for people with non-visible disabilities. Yeah. They've got all these kind of great stuff that, that they're introducing. But it's about communicating it because even yeah. now, every match, we have disabled people coming to the disabled supporters board saying... 
oh, I've just heard about you guys and would you be able to help yeah. me with this problem? Would you be able to help me with that That's problem? That's the same for our listeners. We get more listeners. Not every game, but throughout the season, we'll probably get another 10 or 12 listeners that would never even thought about coming to West Ham because of their disability, their mm. blindness. They're either totally blind or visually impaired. But then they hear, they suddenly hear it via some sort of medium of either social media or just by luck. Mm. And then they phone up and then they could have been coming for like 10, 15 years. Yeah. But they didn't know about it. And now they're here. They're, they're being part of West Ham. Yeah. And look, look it's, it's, not, it's not perfect what's over there. No. Every, time, every game can be improved. Like this, on Saturday, I was trying to get my way through to the car park and it was blocked off to stop the home fans mixing the away fans. And there were about five people in wheelchairs there waiting. And I spoke to the SLO on the phone. He came round and brought everyone into the internal lift, took them underground and took them to the car park. And he said to them, from now on, every game, there will be an SLO here to, to do this for you. Because the, the stewards are telling them you have to wait half an hour. That's a lot this season, is that they seem to be taken on board. It's a shame that things have to happen, mm, mm. but at least then you know it may not happen again yeah. because they will take that on board. I think what they've taken on board it. is that they actually, as much as they are partners with the stadium, they've realised they can't rely on the stadium they to provide the same level of service to they their They can't, not with the so many to. different yeah. companies running the stewarding, yeah. the security. Because the stewards are saying it's, you're going to have to wait here for half yeah. an hour to they, people they're in wheelchairs. They've been told to say one thing and the one thing only. And it's not right that West Ham can't have that much of a control over it. And that's why it's important to have those people that can come down, see the problem, then sort it out. Yeah. But it's a shame it gets that far. But mm. that's just the mm. nature of where we are, being that we don't own yeah, the stadium. Yeah, you know, yeah. And we just have to deal with that. And it's people that will constantly push things that there is change. And like we've all said tonight, it has got better. Yeah. You know, the third season in, yeah, things yeah. are improving. So, so, James... <laughs> Audio commentaries for blind people. How did you get into it? Your brother, Matt Datsun, he is blind. Is that that is the the story? Is that it's all linked? Yeah, is is it that simple? Or it it, it, it sounds simple, but as you can imagine, uh, my brother Matt's a few years older than me, so we grew up. Uh, Matt, uh, unfortunately, was born with uh, an eyesight issue, but eventually lost his sight by the time he was about eleven or twelve. So he was fully blind, Mm -hmm. couldn't see anything. Uh, but we obviously grew up in Chadwell Heath, mm-hmm. not that far from the training ground, so West Ham through and through. Uh, and then we started to go, and I used to go with my brother. We used to get one bus down to Upton Park, stand on the North Bank, and just sort of, I'd just sort of communicate a bit of the game. Yeah. Know? And we were doing that from like when I was about 13, 14, and he was sort of 18, 19. And it just continued, and then it just developed by various bits and pieces. 20-odd years ago, 21 years ago, we got contacted by a famous uh, drinks company. Right. I don't know if I can mention it, but... Uh, I'm sure you can. Uh, Coca-Cola. Right. We were involved in I've heard of their sort of campaign of uh, eat football, sleep football, drink Coca-Cola. And they were looking for unusual uh, supporters. And they contacted the club and the club said, oh, we've got this blind guy who comes with his brother. And they by then we were in the Bobby Moore lower because Seaton had come in. He just sits with him and he talks about the game and all that. So they contacted my brother and then we were one of the five adverts that they did nationally. And then the club sort of developed by getting people ringing in. Saying, oh, we didn't realise, like, you know. And then they asked me to do a game. And the reason I say this story is that the first game I did was quite an eventful game. The club said, oh, could you do... We've got this guy who does a bit of internet sort of commentary. Mm-hmm. If he does the first half, you could do the second half, have a trial and see what it's like. And the game was West Ham against Bradford at home, the notorious 5-4. Oh, yeah. With Decanio arguing with Lampard. 
I think it was Shaka Hislop in goal got injured and Stephen Bywater came on and made his debut as about 17 years old. So I had a lot of the second half, yeah, yeah. a lot of the action, and they just said it was really good and then it just developed from there. And then we started uh, getting in touch with the R&IB, who were running sort of a programme for sort of audio description. Did the club play, pay for the equipment, for the sort of technology? Yes. Yes. Yes, from the start, they laid on a transmitter, a yeah. small transmitter, which basically has little headsets that they can sit anywhere in the stadium. Uh-huh. And it's just uh, a live sort of transmission. So, And it is only just for the stadium. My brother, when we were at Upton Park... He was used to, because he used to travel, and then obviously by then I was sitting somewhere else, so he had someone else come with him, and then he used to turn it on at Upton Park, and you could just pick it up right. if he was running late, i.e. probably been in the pub too long and was coming Do late. you sit in a kind of prime location for transmitter range? Uh, or yes. are you in the crowd with like I'm literally, a, a huge satellite I'm, I'm, dish I'm, next I'm, no, I'm lucky enough to sort of have a seat in Upton Park and in the new stadium in the press box right, right so they do look after me there I have a seat there but I could probably sit anywhere in the stadium right but obviously the system that we're using we are looking to develop as we've moved into the new stadium yeah yeah we are still using the old one from the Upton Park so it still works still so it still range. just works yeah. uh, and over the years we've developed it and like I said you know I'm lucky enough to go and try and I used to do a bit of work voluntary for the RNIB to go into other clubs to try and develop and we've sort of asked other clubs to sort of take it on some clubs have some haven't because they may offer sort of other alternative commentary services like local radio hospital radio but the difference is it's very similar if you listen to me it's very similar to like what you would listen to the radio but my is a little bit more descriptive yeah because obviously my listeners are actually in the stadium yeah yeah and majority of them are visually impaired or totally blind so they can't see what's going on so i don't just talk about the game uh, for my colleague uh, Michael, he's the co-commentator, so here filling the gaps when there's nothing going on. But we talk a lot about the atmosphere, especially if you can imagine the last couple of seasons at Upton Park, we were <laughs> yeah, reminiscing yeah, about yeah, stories yeah. and yeah. the old sort of like you know, certain the chicken run, various places. We remember the North Stand, the South Stand. You know, who wants to leave, who doesn't? Yeah. And then obviously we then moved to the new stadium, and it is literally giving them like you know, people say to me, you know. Do you enjoy it? I say, I do, because I'm sort of like, you know, their eyes. I'm their sort of... I bring that colour yeah, and flavour yeah, to yeah. a game. And I've been doing it for like, you know, 19... Do you do like the, pre, the pre-match the pre and half-time sort of events as well? Like, you know, not like no. the, the, all of the, you know, beat the Batak or whatever, but when they no. did like the, the Billy Bond stands unveiling Yeah, so on, when that. there's a big occasion, so if we use the Billy Bond's uh, stand opening, the recent one, I, we will extend what we offer. So we will try and contact pre- the previous game. We'll say, like, we'll be on air 20 minutes before to give you a flavour of what's going on. And then we'll talk through the build-up of the Billy Bonds and all of that. And then we do extra stuff in half-time. But that is just independent of what we see as fit and what we think is sort of what our listeners will want to hear. You know, if we've had a few bad games away from home, we might try and talk a little bit more and just add a bit. But then you, some of our listeners would literally just get to their seat a minute before the kickoff. Yeah. What's the routine for the sight-impaired folk then? Do they have to go and get the headset from yeah, someone? Yeah, so it's, it's caused, sort of it has holding, caused yeah. a few issues in terms of like, and I use my brother and there's a few others, like there's Dave who comes to listen, Chris and a few others, and their biggest anxiety is not only that West Ham might lose, mm-hmm. but they've travelled a long way this headsets are quite a crucial yeah, yeah. part of their experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And originally it was like you had to go somewhere. So Upton Park, it was one of the lifts on one side. Right. Go and meet someone, they'll have a headset. Right. Now it's like go to the ticket office. But we've developed it over the years where there's, at, at the current state, there's four mini tents 
Great. things like east, north, southwest sort of part of the stadium, and they can go and take a headset. Great. And it's about communication, about letting, because as much as we're saying that, you know, the blind supporters can't actually read that sometimes. Or anything, so I'm trying yeah. to, they're trying to get the messages out there to sort of tell them. But it is, most of our season ticket holders will hold on to their headset. So like my brother, they can hold on to my them, brother and about 10 yeah, of the listeners right. who are like season ticket regulars will hold on. The only issue we have is because the system is very, I say old because it's the same system we've been using for about eight, 10 years. They're like a rechargeable battery. Mm-hmm. So if you just put a normal AA battery in it, two of them, it would work, but eventually it would ruin the system. Right. Yeah. So they need, so every four or five games, we're trying to encourage them to hand it in so they can be recharged. But that's a better system for the majority of listeners that have been with me since the beginning and have travelled over to the new stadium. They don't have that anxiety now. Yeah. But it's available. We try and advertise in the programme. We do away supporters as well. So if you're coming from, you know, even Everton, I can't remember how many headsets we had out for the away supporters, but there'd be people there that were listening. So it is, it's a really good piece of... Uh, opportunity for West Ham you know we've been doing it for years we're one of the leading clubs great and I think it's about getting it out there a bit more fantastic because the stadium is now bigger you know and you can imagine the stories I've heard you know like uh, God bless her she sadly passed away last month Mabel one of the oldest she, she eventually started listening to us great and she was lovely you know, I loved the opportunity of sort of... And it wasn't... That, you know, her sight was going, but you can imagine even at Upton Park at the new stadium, yeah, it's quite yeah, a distance yeah. and you can't make out the players. And just to have that bit of commentary that's there... Yeah. Enables, yeah, enables yeah. the experience to be a bit better. It's a fantastic initiative. And, uh, you know, are you, are you getting... Did, you, did the sort of migration to the new stadium, I mean, were, were the club sort of helpful in that? Were it's, they it's, it, was real, it was a real interesting, because, uh, again, just to mention, because it's about promoting it, like, you know, we, we, my brother was part of the Iron Man film that was done. Oh, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, that's right. He was involved in that prior to leaving that season before we left Upton Park. But again, it was all about just sometimes, you know, and they know me at the club now, so they know the way I work. I wouldn't say I'm forceful, but I'm quite persistent on just reminding mm-hmm. and and I'm not saying they're, that they're really helpful but it's about that change was quite demanding because it was yeah. it was small things that you've got to appreciate about we were trying to get sort of days where the listeners could come on a non-match day just to do the walk yeah because before that prior to that we didn't know there was going to be minibuses from Stratford mm. you know, yeah, so you've yeah. got to bear in mind they, you know, they've had their routine like my brother originally and like a few of the others could walk from Upton Park on their own and know exactly where they're going yeah they go to yeah. a new stadium it's not as if yeah. you're coming out of a, a station and the stadium's literally there. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you're relying on sort of... So initially, there was a few teething problems yeah. about where people would go, what the best entrance... And we talked a bit earlier on about, you know, they over the last couple of years, and they've sectioned off the away end, so you can only, yep. can't walk around after the game. Certain, and it's like where you are, you've got to realise that, you know... The disability of them not being able to see as much, and this is this is the big thing that I try and emphasise, which is important, is that they still want their independence. Yeah. You know, they might have a guide dog. We have a few of our listeners and a few of our people that come with their guide dogs, but they may have a guide, but they don't want the guide. You know, it's it's, it's, it's very common for someone to, if someone's with a guide, like my brother's with his mate, people will talk to the mate and ignore Matt. It's, yeah, just common, yeah, yeah. it's just a common, it's just a common, like, you know, yeah. well, how's Matt doing? Matt's standing there, you know? <laughs> yeah, so it's like, you know, it's a very yeah, common yeah. thing. Yeah. So you want to still give them that independence and they want to be able to sort of like 
ask questions and learn more so it's easier for yeah. you to remember. I mean, I think, you know, what, what we've been talking about with the Official Supporters Board and Insight for Lions is to a degree, I mean, large organisations are often slightly institutionally a bit dumb. And what you're, what you're doing is kind of sort of, it's half advisory, but it's a little bit of agitation as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, in a way, large organisations don't mind that. They don't mind being told what to do. And I think in a way that the, the notion that uh, people are getting pissed off kind of going, you know, we to tell them to do this and yeah well, often life's like that and, and yeah. you know if you want and someone to give you something you've got to, sometimes you have to ask for it it doesn't yeah. sometimes people don't know what people want until the demand is created and, and, I, will, and I think I will say the club has worked on that and done better because the stewards that work for the disabled supporters are identified in different colour stewards so they wear the pink sort of uh, jackets and things yeah, like that, so they're easy to identify. Yeah. Jake's brought in his team. That are I was going to really say, the good. Jake's team coming and in is, is one of the big things for me because you know Pride of Irons launched what five years ago, um, and it's only like the sort of last three years since Jake's team have been in that things have really, mm. really moved forward. You can see the progression pretty and, and quick. And now that on the, on the supporters board, we're say, we're trying to take what we've done with Pride of Irons and apply that to the BAME um, supporters yeah. because of the BAME rep. And he said, look. I have loads of problems like trying to encourage people to come along and, and, and talk about BME issues. So because we are a massive minority mm-hmm. and, and we, nobody really talks about no, it. No. You know, you've got things like Kick It Out, which are initiatives about reporting racism, but there's nobody actually talking to non-white people about their match day experience and, yeah. and what, what being a West Ham fan means to them. And he's spoken yeah. to like Sikh people, Muslim people, with West, massive West Ham fans. He's like, nobody, nobody talks to us. But having no. a team like Jake's, mm. who I think has pushed a lot of the, the disabled yeah. supporters advisory mm. ball stuff, pushed the Pride of Iron stuff, and now he's, he's pushing for this. It makes a difference. Like you say, it's a bit of agitation, but I think you have to have someone on the other side who gets what you're doing. Yeah, that's absolutely And that's what's changed. Yeah. I think that's what's there's changed. Nothing, there's sort of nothing wrong with agitation. There's nothing no. wrong with, you know, agitation is probably too strong a word but it's but what it is is lobbying it's active lobbying you know it's not just um it's not advice it's trying to make something happen by asking for it and i think uh that's gonna you know once those lines of communication are established you know you've then got a kind of receptive and for me one of the one of the biggest things for me which i sometimes i struggle with and i'm slowly getting used to is that like west ham is such a fan built on a lot of tradition family tradition, a lot of sort of history in the club. And for things like that we're talking about tonight and what we're all doing, they could be a leading club in it. Yeah. You know? And yeah. various people are now realising that. And like, you know, you know, Julie and her team, uh, Kathy and Trevor and all that, and all the other people, they're pushing it. And I think mm. that's what you need, is you just need the club to realise, hang on a second here, you've potentially got something here mm. that is unique. You know, if, if you take the service that we provide for the club, on behalf of the club, we're one of only about five or six Premier League clubs that do it, because the rest either will tap into local radio or hospital mm-hmm. radio. Not Lower down they do it. Scotland have very good clubs that do it in Scotland. But we're one of the leading clubs, and they should be promoting that. And I'm not yeah. saying they're not, they are, but promoting it in a way that's at the top end. Yeah, like, This is one small part of what we do. We also do this, and we want to continue developing it and moving yeah. forward. That's I think for the, for the top of the club, that's definitely something they've realised. Mm. You know, they, yeah. they keep going oh, about their so. equality standards. They went up from they went up to the, the intermediate standard last mm. year and they're massively proud of that. And now they want to push to the next yeah. level. And that's the management side of it saying, well, this is great. We're getting good, good attention and good coverage for, for doing 
really easy stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then it makes absolutely. it easier for teams like Jake's to go, well, I can help you deliver that because yeah. I'm speaking to the fans and they're yeah. telling me that we want this, this, this and this. And actually the cost is negligible. Yeah. Well, this is all very encouraging after talking about a shit game <laughs> yeah, of football. An absolute, <laughs> absolute dire game you on know, Saturday. I feel that we've turned, we've turned this podcast around, gentlemen. I think we have. Yeah, and I'm very thankful for you two for doing that. Um, we should probably, uh, before we wrap up, talk about um, Chelsea away, which I, Jim and I are going to. I mean, you know, we said earlier that, the, 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 as I said, I thought, well, there's four four away games against teams above us and three home games against teams below us. We have managed to fuck up the first of those already <laughs> by uh, getting beat quite convincingly and quite it's easily. Worrying. By it's worrying it's, when yeah. you put it like that. It's, yeah, yeah. It's just, we're, we're sort of, you know, on the downward slope of a roller coaster now and uh, I'm Chelsea not sure we can Monday, put the... It's a Monday, Monday night. night. Yeah, yeah. It's so Monday that night. could help us a little bit. I think it will. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That yeah. might help us a little bit. But. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you know, it's... Uh, we had some near misses, didn't we? There were a couple of seasons ago, we sort of lost 2-1 and shouldn't have done. It was, I think that might have been... Was that the last season at Upton Park? Was that away at Chelsea? I'm not going to recall it in real time in a way that won't be boring for people no, to listen to. I can't to. recall that. It was a 2-1, and, but we did very well in it. We should have done, should have done better. I can't yeah. remember what season it was. But, uh, you know, it's not a, not a super happy hunting ground for us. Um, so you what know. you said? Are you saying we'd do something? Or? We could be. <laughs> or, yeah. I mean, at the moment, it depends how many of these arsholes come back from injury. I mean, yeah. it's really yeah. like... So, to Nasri and Anderson, it's supposed to be very, like, slight. Very like, slight, yeah, yeah, you know. And so, I think Noble will be back. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Anderson. Yeah. It, it's a whole completely yeah. different... So I was yes. thinking about it the other day, we're screwed when Noble finally retires because he's that player who somehow, even though he's not the best in his no. position, no. makes I have said it time happen. and time this season that he is West Ham. And without him, there's no one taking that leadership. No. I know Declan Rice is starting to, mm. but the poor kid's doing so well. We can't put everything on to No, him. no, absolutely we really not. So Noble like, when Saturday. Noble doesn't play, and exactly yeah. Saturday, you just look around and you think, who You wanted someone to grab him by the scruff of the neck. Picking yeah. up this play- who's saying to this player, come on? With better players around him, Noble is a really good player. His, yeah. the, his range yeah. of passing starts yeah. to become apparent. When... A, someone uh, can trap and control one of his passes and also there's movement in front of him. Yeah. You know, he was fantastic in the season with Pai and yeah. Lanzini and he's doing things he doesn't normally do, getting to the byline and crossing. It could be another situation, Chelsea away next Monday, could be similar to the Man City away, where we play well. Yeah. But could we have a different ending? You know? Yeah, yeah. But we will could play we, well. Could we, we always could play could well we, against the Could we team. just sort of like not concede early, yeah. Yeah. get to half-time still in the game, and yeah, then yeah. maybe you know unsettled the Chelsea fans at home. Yeah, they're frustrated with their manager. Big time. They got away with it at Cardiff. <laughs> so yeah. it's like you know, is yeah, is yeah. it is it? And like we look back on previous, we haven't had money good no. results there. No, no, that's right. I'm trying to put a positive on <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, to, I end think this, they are. to end this evening. No, I think a draw would be fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Predictions, Pete. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't can't believe there won't be any goals. Um, and I would love to think that there's going to be a draw. So optimistically, I think it could be one all. One all, James. You can't have one all. No, I won't have one all because after what I just said, <laughs> I'm going to go for. I think I'm going to go a two-one win West Ham. Hey. Oh, damn. Sorry, sorry, sorry. One nil then to West Ham. One nil to West Ham. Okay. All right. Uh, Chelsea two, West Ham three. 
Yeah. Oh, so we're all coming home with something then. <laughs> West Ham, yeah. Yeah. Well, you're right about conceding goals because yeah, yeah. we don't have many clean sheets. No, we don't. This has been this week's Stop Hammer Time. Uh, and uh, very good to have uh, such a kind of optimistic second half of this, this podcast after our risible performance at the weekend. Uh, with me have been Pete Ward. See ya. Jim Dolan. Goodbye. James Datson. Goodbye. Come on, you irons. Stop Hammer Time is backed for this season by Ladbrooks. This is a playback media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at westhampodcast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.